the third stage of the experience of life brings us to the starting point of another aspect in the Christian experience. And this serves as a great turning point for a Christian before the Lord. It is at this stage that a Christian begins to walk formally in the way of the cross, having the experience of the cross, and walking entirely under the cross. Therefore, from this time on, his spiritual walk enters into a new stage. The Experience of Life, Chapter 9 In this week's episode, we conclude the series entitled Supply, Function, and the Meal Offering. We're speaking from Brother Ron Kangas on our passing through the third stage of the experience of life in the midst of our ordinary daily living. This meeting was held in November 2010 in the northwest of the United States. A link to the full audio can be found in the episode notes. Now on the human side, the time is race on the spiritual side. The time is going by so quickly. So he just mentioned a few things. 12 or 15 minutes. That'll be sufficient to sow seeds. Okay. You need to realize that, and I'm speaking in general, you will be living constantly under the discipline of the Holy Spirit. No matter how much we love the Lord, how much we enjoy Him, how much we seek Him, we need what Paul calls all things. All things. And the life of Jacob points this out. He falls in love with Rachel immediately. She was beautiful. And he wakes up and it's Leah, a different person. Actually, with you, it may not be a different person. But on the wedding meeting, it's Rachel. And midway through the honeymoon, it's Leah. And you realize I'm married to Leah. And don't pity yourself. The wife has a much deeper realization concerning you. The discipline of the Holy Spirit is not punishment. It is the Spirit's arranging. Persons, matters, things, constantly. He will use cars. I came into the church life with the 1966 Volvo wagon. And in the 60s, Volvos were, could be, they were affordable to working class. They're not what they are now. And I had this concept, the Volvo is a reliable car, even with its dual carburetors. Have you ever heard of a carburetor? There used to be vehicles with carburetors in them. And it was one thing after another. The, the gas gauge didn't work. The odometer didn't work. The car itself didn't work. <laughs> so finally I came to this conclusion. The Volvo is an excellent car. I just got a bad one. Then one day I happened to talk to a brother who also had a Volvo. You know what his philosophy was? The Volvo is a very good car. I just happened to get a bad one. 
Okay. Okay. You want to know what happened? I had problem after problem with that Volvo station wagon. So after several years, I traded it in for a Ford. And listen, believe it or not, I'm now driving down this main street in Detroit. And to my right side is my previously owned Volvo station wagon. There are certain things I recognized. So we came to a light. And I thought, sure, this guy is having all kinds of problems. I rolled down the window. I said, how is it? He said, it's fine. It's just fine. Well, this is going to happen endlessly. Okay, why? You are in the stage of what Brother Nee calls fragmentary dealings. I know some of you get dramatic. And something frustrating has happened. And then you say, this is the breaking of the outer man. You know, just stop dramatizing these ordinary things. It's part of an ongoing series of fragmentary dealings like Jacob's 20 years under Laban. No breaking yet. This is all the softening of the ground. But just to follow this thought through, there are three categories of dealings. Fragmentary, fundamental, and then supplementary. The fundamental dealing is the breakthrough. That hopefully should come just when you are entering into middle age. If it hasn't happened then, it'll still come, but you'll be a greater challenge to the Lord. And it depends on how much you cooperate. In many, many cases, the Lord will say, okay, I'll stop. I won't try to get through in your lifetime. I'll stop. I'll see you later. So you're under these fragmentary dealings all the time. I got a job teaching in high school, a special education class for the students with the lowest IQs and really learning deficient. And in these ancient days, there used to be a device. You probably have to go online to a museum called a ditto machine. It consists of a drum to which you attach a ditto master and you use a stylus to gouge out everything on there then you put it on and then there is this purple inky stuff inside and you crank it with your hand and it makes copies so I am designing this lesson for my very slow learning high school students And it took quite a period of time. So I go to the media room to the aforementioned Ditto Master, uh, the Ditto machine, and I attach the Ditto Master to it, and then I began to crank, and I noticed an ugly diagonal crease all the way across, ruining everything. 
This is just a little thing. And then out comes this prayer. I think it can be defined as a prayer. Lord, how long do I have to teach these kids? Quick prayer, quick answer. Not even a full sentence. Until you love them. Okay, the fragmentary dealings. Don't pray for them. Certain things you just don't have to pray for and you shouldn't pray for. They will happen unbidden. Now, on the spiritual side, we're coming now to the last two matters. No, the last three matters. But this is the crucial one. And this will determine your spiritual future during your lifetime. If you look at the book, The Experience of Life, you will see it's structured into four sections. In the initial stage of regeneration and clearing the past. Then you enter the stage of dealing dealing, uh, with sin, dealing with the world, of dealing with the conscience based on consecration. Then there's a little on the anointing and on knowing the will of God in a personal way. And the trainees in the full-time training, if they are faithful, and the vast majority of them are, I point out to them, when you're about to graduate, You are on the edge of the third stage. And this is a big step forward. I'll tell you what the third stage is. In the third stage, which is the stage of the cross, the Lord addresses our being. The flesh, the self, the natural constitution. Somewhere during the years in this stage, we realize something. All of our problems are inward. We can move, and we should move, rather swiftly, like in two years, three years, through the second stage. We clear the past. We consecrate. We're enlightened concerning sin. We know how to confess sin and receive forgiveness and cleansing. We deal with the world, what the world is to us. We deal with the conscience. Among the few of my generation that remain in the Lord's recovery, the vast majority have been stranded here for decades for decades and they are now ethical moral scriptural conscientious persons but not God men they deal with the conscience they are honest persons they say I'm sorry please forgive me I'm not making light of this, but they're still whole. Now they're 70, still whole. 
But <clears throat> when you're in your 30s, actually early in your 30s, you should find that the Spirit is bringing you to the stage of the inner dealings. And it begins with dealing with the flesh. And in order for, for you to deal with the flesh, you have to know the flesh. And in order to know the flesh, it has to be manifested. So under the discipline of the Spirit, things will happen that will cause your flesh to be manifested to you. And many of you will be bewildered at this time because you think, oh no, I'm worse. I didn't used to be jealous, now I'm jealous. I, I used to be so even-tempered, but the third child tipped it. There's something about the disposition of the third and then the dynamic interaction among the three. And when they don't let you sleep and it's the second night then you can't contain it anymore by your Girl Scout cookie-selling demeanor. You are now this. You are now that. And you think, I'm getting worse. You're not getting worse. You're only realizing what you were all the time. This is progress because the Spirit is going to train you how to deal with it. Then you'll make some progress and you think, I'm home free. No. Now it's dealing with the self. The self. The embodiment of the mind of Satan. So that has to be dug out. In your driving. In so many situations. It has to be dug out. Then you make some progress. You think, I got through that. Sort of. That's the first pass. Now it's dealing with the natural constitution. Now you are Job, maybe in chapter 18, maybe in chapter 27, far from the end. The great dismantling is going on. Then you kind of get through this, and what's next? Well, dealing with the spirit. Okay, the point is not to rehearse all of these. Many of you, this is exactly where you are in the experience of life. You're somewhere in the third stage. Flesh, self, natural constitution. Under the discipline of the Holy Spirit with these fragmentary dealings. Your whole future as a member of the body in, in this age and on whether or not you know the body in life will depend on the Lord shepherding you through this. And probably one of our greatest failures, and I'm part of the hour, is our failure to shepherd saints through this stage. So the dear ones I mentioned that were stuck it's partly their responsibility. Overseers who watch for their souls should understand where this brother is. You don't make him a project, but you spend time with him. Maybe you read together a little bit 
from basic lessons on life and dealing with the flesh. Then you pray, then you testify to him. And he's comforted. He realizes, I'm not weird. No, you're not weird. You're not strange. You're not a special case. You're not normal. Only Christ is normal, but you're typical. Welcome to the typical church life. Then finally, under uh, two other matters on the spiritual side, and how this next one will become your experience, I don't know. But for your transformation, for the building, for the coordination, you need the Lord to shepherd your soul. You need the Good Samaritan to come with oil and wine and to heal and to nullify all the damage that your soul has suffered in your whole life unto that point. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack anything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the waters of rest. He restores my soul. And you will find very sweet, tender shepherding under the Lord's hands. If we remain damaged psychologically, there is no way that we can be in one accord with others. Because what we are in our natural being and in our soul will make it very difficult for us to be in peace. The Lord knows this. All of us need to be mended by him. We need to be restored. If during the next 10 years, say, under the discipline of the Spirit, while you are working, taking care of relationships, learning to manage money, all of these things, you allow the Lord to lead you through these dealings with the flesh, the self, and the natural life. And you experience his shepherding. Then you're ready for the greatest advance of all. Knowing the body in life. Living the body life. And what is in my heart and what I hope to see is that you will enter into this stage much earlier in life than I did. I was just too slow, too difficult, too strong, not too much for the Lord. But imagine if you're now truly middle-aged, in your 40s, in your later 40s, and you've experienced organic salvation, and you know the flesh, the self, and the natural life in principle. And you know what the cross is. And you've experienced the Lord's shepherding. At this time, the balance shifts in your being. It shifts in favor of the Lord's Spirit indwelling you. Now you really move. You really move. And you can look forward 
If the Lord's coming is not soon, maybe to 30 years to 40 years of maturing in life. And then you're in the church. This is the last point. With aspiration, but no ambition. If Tim and Andrew have it in them, the aspiration for overseership, the aspiration to bear responsibility, I say amen. During this stage, the Lord will kill ambition, but he will nourish aspiration. Then, throughout the recovery, there will be middle-aged persons who have had some fundamental dealings with the Lord in the way of life and fundamental learnings in their human life. Now, a God-man emerges. So human. So divinely ordinary. So human yet with so much God mingled with the humanity. And at this time, your organic function will be fully manifested. You may never know what you are, but you will be what you are, and you will do what you should be doing, and the body will know, and you will touch the meaning of the universe. And the meaning of the universe is to be a living functioning, vital member of the body of Christ. Then it won't matter whether you're an elder or not. And finally, it won't matter to your wife who married you because she loved you, because it was the Lord's will, and because she was ambitious to share glory. But we've already had, and one couple is enough, to be the king and queen in the church in this area. We don't ever need another one. But we do need couples that are Priscilla and Aquila's that are so content to be living members of the body of Christ. Then you dysfunction. So, tomorrow is Monday. What time will you get up? We go through the same routine again. We shower, we shave, we floss our teeth. We make the breakfast for the children. We make their lunches. We get them to school. We go to work. We negotiate traffic. All the things. We pay our taxes. We're ordinary persons outwardly. But in the sight of God, we're another species. We're another race, man. We're the God-man race. <clears throat> so you're in a stage of particular development. And on our part, and our here, it means the, the older co-workers and the older elders, we will gladly make room for you all. We hold on to nothing. Uh, by the way, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> but we're making room for you. 
to bear responsibility. We will foster you. We will cover you. We will shepherd you. And then realize this. This is altogether against the culture. The most useful and productive time starts around 60. It's really at 80. When I turned 50, it was a sad day. I warned my family, do nothing. And when, when they hear me give this kind of warning, they fear and tremble. <clears throat> my daughter said, what do you want us to get for your birthday? Okay, I want a Ford Taurus. High speed. Ford Taurus. So, a few hours later, they gave me the keys to a Ford Taurus. They got a Ford Taurus for me. SHO, super high output. Which they rented for the weekend. (laughs) But when I heard Brother Lee say the most useful years are between 60 and 80, I was looking forward to countdown to 60. Oh, September 5th. Right? In 1999, life begins at 60. Recently, I read something, Brother Lee says, the most full year time is 80. Well, whatever the number is, our brother James, he got to be manifested much earlier by the Lord's grace with him. He's not 60. Imagine what kind of grace will flow out of him when he's older and older. I don't exalt anyone. And I can't use myself. Brother James is a pattern of someone who has been shepherded by the Lord through the third stage of the experience of life to know the body. It's my delight to serve with him at any time and so many other brothers that now there's a core of us that we don't want anything for ourselves. Only that the will of God would be done to build up the body of Christ. So the best is ahead. Don't spend your time fantasizing how many epistles you will write from prison when you're as old as Ron Kangas. Just live today under the situations we've described with the exercise of heart that Brother James presented to you. And little by little, day by day, Christ will increase in you. The flesh will be stricken. The self will be broken. The natural life will be smashed. You'll be reconstituted in resurrection. The sooner the better. Then while you are in another stage of human life, with much older children, with their orthodontists, and with their losing again and again another retainer, my daughter lost six of them, with paying insurance for male juvenile drivers, with college tuition, with their weddings, which are so simple in concept and so anguished in execution, then the grandchildren and all of this, it goes on and on and on. But in you, there's a parallel development in the humanity of Jesus 
the fine flour is mingled with oil, mingled with the Spirit. And when you grow up, you're a God-man as a member of the body of Christ. After all, normal God-men, that's all we want to be. Well, my brothers and sisters, may the Lord shepherd you all. May he bless you all. If the Lord arranges that we come again in another year, I expect you will all be more human Jesusly, and there will be more God in you all. Me too. I'm not going to waste a day. Let's pursue him together. Amen? Amen. What I think maybe we should just pray. I don't think we need to prophesy. We've been here about two hours. Uh, let's just pray as we did the last two nights. According to what's in you, let's place ourselves in the Lord's hands to be supplied, to function, to become the meal offering for God's satisfaction and delight. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. To hear the complete recording and other messages, please visit livingtohim.com. If you would like to receive regular updates from us, please subscribe to this podcast and join our mailing list on our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where our handle is at livingtohim.